This is a Hot Pie Media Original. We're with Dr. Uh, Schaefer. Hello. Thank you for being I'm, with us today. I you. appreciate it. And uh, you are my doctor, so I'm so grateful to have you here. We are going to be talking right now about early signs of dementia. It's something we all worry about after a certain age. And, you know, the truth is, I don't think we know what early signs are. I mean, we have, I know you know, but I think normal people walking around, lose a few keys. You know, um, I, I used to be involved with a, a man. I didn't break up with him because of this reason, but he, he truly lost his keys every day or his glasses. And I said to him after a certain number of months and, you know, him always going, Pat, where are they? And I went, I don't care. <laughs> you have to understand. I don't care. You have to find your glasses or find a system to keep them. So we have those things, all of us. And um, so what is normal aging and what would be something we should really be concerned about, about dementia? Help us understand. So there, there is, um, first and foremost, I want to clarify dementia. Dementia is kind of an, um, it's an umbrella. Um, and there are many different forms of dementia, which is where you have your Alzheimer's group, you have your uh, frontal temporal dementias. And again, it gets very complicated. So overall, though, there is this umbrella called dementia. The dementias all look different. Um, but the age old kind of silly joke that we have in neurology is that if you come in asking if you're demented, you're not. <laughs> you don't notice those changes. It's the people around you notice. So ultimately, it's um, it's difficulty doing everyday tasks. And again, the different dimensions look a little differently. So um, I have somebody that they have a different form of dementia and they don't know how to put on their clothes. So it's a sequencing dementia where they'll put their underwear on the outside and they don't recognize it. And mm. so it's the family going, what is going on here? I don't understand. Yeah. Um, They'll go outside and they won't be wearing clothes. And it's just that they're not grasping that concept. Um, mm. I have people that will have uh, repetition issues where they'll ask you a question and you say it. And 20 minutes later, they go, uh, where are we going today? Um, and they, you can even hand them a sheet of paper and they like, with a list of everything that we're doing today and they won't understand it. Mm -hmm. um, so again, ultimately, uh, uh, it's it's things that affect activities of daily living that you may not recognize, but people around you will. Um, I have people that will change their personality. So they go from a fun, loving, nice person to not so nice and aggressive. Um, I've also seen people that go from reserved to uh, flamboyant and inappropriate. Um, so it's a, it's a straight change of behavior and they don't know it. it's the people around them that know. So the, the criteria is the person who is having the problem doesn't necessarily know it. For right. them, it's just the way the world is. It's just my, my underwear goes on the outside of my clothes and that's where it goes and that's the way the world is. So it mm -hmm. takes the people around them to say to them, oops, sorry, you know, not where your bra should be. So, or something. So do they listen? Do they, if they sometimes, don't know what, do they sometimes recognize? Sometimes they listen it? and sometimes they don't. So again, it depends on how, what type of dementia they have and how aware they are. Um, 
a lot of activities that we do in my clinic, it's it they're trust exercises. And so I will say to the person that has the disorder, you trust the person you're with. And so when they're saying this isn't reality or this isn't how things go, lean on them a little bit more than what you think. Um, because they'll they'll kind of or look at the reactions of the people around you and base what you're doing off of the reactions of those around you. So if you walk out and you think your clothes look fantastic and everybody's running away, there's usually a reason. Yes, yes. Hmm. So you were then training the people to look for feedback from other people, not yes. to trust their own internal system because their right. system is off, okay? Yes. And like you said, they're different forms. Do these forms have different names then? I mean, dementia A, B, C, D, or... Whatever. They do. And again, it gets very complicated. Um, so there's something, there's Alzheimer's, there's frontal temporal dementia, and that, that breaks up into a bunch of different ones. So frontal temporal is this, the front part of your brain, right? And the side part of your brain. Um, and that breaks up into various different forms like semantic de- dementia. You lose the ability to understand words. Mm. Um, so again, it, it, it kind of goes from there. You also have dementias that go along with different diseases. So Parkinson's has a specific dementia that can go along with it. Um, And interestingly, one thing that I always recommend, and sorry, I'm kind of jumping around on this one, but one thing I always recommend is that you go in for an evaluation simply, or you take your family member in for an evaluation because some of these are reversible, meaning that if your vitamin B12 is too low, it can make you look like you have dementia. Really? Thyroid is off. Yeah. If your thyroid is off, you can look like you have dementia. There's something called normal pressure hydrocephalus or water on the brain. So there's too much fluid inside the brain that can also look like a dementia. And those are all reversible. So that can change pretty quickly and drastically with treatment. Yeah. So you're going to see, you're going to have symptoms and you're either going to understand those and go for treatment or the people around you are going to go, wait, wait a minute. you, You are not you. You were not the yes. you I know, and we need to do something about that. So let's talk about Alzheimer's. That's the one that gets all the 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 mm-hmm. press. And you were saying there was some new information out to just today or this week. What what was that about? So forever we've been looking for both a cause and a cure to uh, Alzheimer's. And Alzheimer's, we still don't quite understand all of the pathology, but there seems to be. Um, proteins that are tangling up inside the brain. Um, and these are all microscopic. So, so don't think that the, you can actually uh, see them and, and get right over it. But um, they have created a, a chemical. Um, there's a company called Biogen. And Biogen created what they think might be the first uh, treatment, an actual treatment for, for uh, Alzheimer's. We have medications that will help slow down Alzheimer's for about six months to a year, yes. but they don't really change the course. And the idea behind this drug is that it changes the course. Now the, the, eliminates it or it's unclear. Just, uh, it looks like instead of continuing this way, it does this. So it kind of levels you out. Oh, um, now the big con- there's a big controversy over this because there were, there was conflicting data in the studies. Mm-hmm. And so The FDA did approve it, um, but the conflicting data is such that in one study, it showed that it didn't really do anything. In one study, it showed it did help. And so there's a lot of uh, controversy in the scientific community over whether this drug should have been released. 
So this has happened over the last week. We don't know what's going to happen very soon because the FDA might say, hold on, wait, let's let's take a step back. Well, but at some point in, in the after the diagnosis, I mean, and there have been some amazing movies about people. I'm thinking about the Julianne Moore movie. She had Alzheimer's and, you know, I mean, there's and it's such a um, to my you know, lamest knowledge, elongated disease. It is not a short term disease, correct? Most times About five to seven years from time of diagnosis. But to to when they do they die of Alzheimer's or other things? Yes. They do die. And typically, you you can die from Alzheimer's. You can die from things related to Alzheimer's. But yes, about five to seven years. Five from, to seven from years. diagnosis. Yeah, is the uh, the estimated time of death. Yeah. Okay. So, but in that period of time, you know, the loss to the family and to yourself, of course, is is tragic. Um, and like you said, uh, there do we we don't know the cause. I I mean, there's no definitive reason. I mean. No definitive reason. Um, the again, going back to those tangles, there's a chemo, there's a protein, and it's called the alpha synuclein. Alpha synuclein is uh, creates these little plaques inside the brain, and then you have a, a protein called tau, and that creates tangles. And it has long been again controversial, uh, but long been um, thought that these two combined are causing these uh, developments inside the brain that then lead to Alzheimer's. Now, again, controversial, because we have figured out a way to remove a lot of the alpha-synuclein and that doesn't slow down the disease. And that that's again where this one drug comes into play with Biogen is that it's, it seems to be working on the alpha-synuclein to help rid the alpha-synuclein. And that's where the controversial data comes into play. But um, at, we, at that point, when they've been diagnosed, I mean, and yes. the, there's a slow, steady um, decline, do they have anything really to lose by trying the drug? The issue with the drugs is everything in medicine is risk versus benefit. And the risk of the drug is actually quite significant. Oh. Um, meaning that I, I can give you the drug and then potentially there, there's about 40% of the people where you're getting brain swelling. Um, so that is a significant side effect um, yeah. that can lead to death, which is mm. where the problem comes in. Yes. Right. Yes, I got it. All right. So if you are um, the person who has been diagnosed with Alzheimer's and you still are functioning well enough, what should you be doing to that at time at that time for yourself and for your family? So I think in general, in, in everyday life, you want to make sure, so say you, you're headed down that road of Alzheimer's or you're, you're close to that diagnosis or you made that diagnosis. A, Always, and it's never too too late to make sure that everything is in order, all your affairs, everything is in order. Yeah. So you want to make sure that your wishes are, are there. And what you're doing is, is you're taking the time to do the things that are important to you. Mm-hmm. On top of that, to treat your disease itself or the disorder disorder itself, again, going back to the exercise of the brain, you want to keep as active as you can for as long as you can. So if you're if you stay engaged, the the evidence does show. If, say you're you're diagnosed with it, but you remain engaged and you remain active with your brain and what you're doing versus the people that just say, okay, well, I have it, so I'm done. And they sit and watch the television. These guys do much better mm. over a long term than these guys. Right. Um, same thing, eating. People with dementias and in, in, in Alzheimer's, it happens where you crave sweet things. 
So people just start really? shoving sweet things down and they're not eating healthy. The brain needs a well-balanced diet. So if it's just running on sugar and carbs, it's not going to do very well. Um, so it's making sure that you go against what you're craving, maybe a little sweet, but continue to have a healthy, well-balanced diet as well. Interesting. Yeah. And, and I'm sure there are groups for people who were the family members because yes. the, um, the stress of knowing that you have a mother that you love, that is, that has this diagnosis and that you will probably be a primary caretaker for X number of years. Um, what what do you um, recommend for them and their brain health or their their health in general? There is you, you need support. No matter who you are, you need yes. support. Yes. And what what I have found with the dementias and with Alzheimer's is that the the disease, well, it's ugly for the person that has it. They don't know. It's yeah. the family that knows, and it's the family that's heartbroken. It's the family that shares the, they, they have the overwhelming brunt of the whole thing. Right. And right. so a lot of it is understanding, taking time to, to, to care for yourself too. And that is hard. I've been there and it is very difficult to actually take time. But if you don't take time for yourself, yes. you're going to burn out and then you're not there. Right. Um, exactly. And so. Ultimately, it's taking time for yourself, surrounding yourself with people that support you, making sure that you also have a plan. So when things happen and things can happen and on a personal side, you know, I was living with somebody who got too aggressive and I was there by myself. And so I had to have a plan because I was not safe in the house. Mm. So I had to, to get a plan to make sure that we were all safe. Right. And but my family member was taken care of. Yes. Um, so it's a matter of just kind of looking at everything and making sure that you don't spend your whole life and destroy it by caring for this person. Yes. Yes. That you are not consumed by their disease. You know, right. um, I remember going into therapy when my mother got brain cancer and my therapist telling me you can't infantilize her. You must treat her as a, you know, like you've treated her as your mother. Don't start. Don't start making, you know, patting her on the head and treating her like a child, because as soon as you do that, the basis of the relationship changes profoundly. So that was very helpful to me, you know, and till the um, ultimate point, something that I've never forgotten. My mom, um, she worked in a psych facility for some time. Mm. And um, as a child, I remember reading this letter from he was somebody that lived there and he wrote her that this letter. And the gist of the letter, I mean, it was written, the language was more of a child, but the gist of the letter was he thanked her because he, she was the only person around him that treated him like an adult. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so he basically said in the letter, you know, everybody treats me like I'm a child mm -hmm. and you had the respect and the kindness to show me that yeah. kindness, that, that kindness to, sh to talk to me one-on-one -on -one as an adult. Right. Right. Exactly. I would never, never treat them as a child. You always want to make sure they're, they're a human being. They deserve respect and right. they understand a lot more too. So, right. so language, they understand a lot more. Yes, exactly. When I was reading an article too, in um, art magazine about uh, Tony Bennett, who apparently has very advanced Alzheimer's and doesn't speak hardly at all. But as soon as they bring him into the music room and they start playing music, he sings 
the, you know, the, I left my heart in San Francisco. I mean, he sings all songs, knows all the words and this capacity of the brain to really be able to come alive with certain things, even when you are very badly, deeply in an Alzheimer's state. What, what do you hypothesize about that? How in the world does that happen? Again, I, I go back down to emotion and that we don't know where emotion lays in the brain, but it is there. Um, very interestingly, I had the pleasure of, of meeting Muhammad Ali, and it was the same thing with him. In the very end, again, he didn't talk really, and but his joy, you saw him light up um, when you showed him photos, the, the, the posters. Um, we had... We had a room that were all the posters of when he was on Time Magazine and all the different magazines he was on. He lit up. Mm. And so you knew he was there. It's just that you had to find what would light him up. Ah. What would connect with Tony Bennett? It's the music. It's the music. That's him. Yeah. I yeah. have. I saw recently a gentleman who he didn't care about anything but his wife. And I mean, it was so heartwarming and heartbreaking at the same time because yeah. he didn't recognize anybody but her. And he would sit in the office and not move until she comes in and then he just lights up. Aww. And that was his trigger. And uh, it was uh. beautiful to see. So there are triggers of happiness that you can return to a happy state, even with Alzheimer's by whatever it was in your prior life before the disease that gave you joy. Sounds like. Exactly. Fascinating. I have people, interestingly, and it depends on who they are. I have some people that, that their personality changes and they become angry. And they can still have joy. Um, you just have to find that joy, how to bring it out. Right. But I also have people that become what they call happily demented, where they sit there and they, they just have a ball. Um, and I think I'm already people, there. <laughs> right? I think I'm living that. Yes, happily uh, demented. <laughs> I once had this lady, every word I said, she just giggled. And that was, she just had so much fun. Um, and that's that's the beauty is in particularly with these people, you want to make sure that they're enjoying what life they have left. Yes, of course. Of course. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much. What do you, what do you think about the next 10 years? You think we'll find a cure? Hi. To your words, or from your mouth to exactly, I don't yeah. know. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the the brain research is on this kind of. It seems like this accelerated, uh, you know, jolt of lightning towards uh, more and more breakthroughs. Very interestingly, we're doing this thing where um, the NIH uh, many years ago, um, and but they've already they're doing it they're funding a research project so we can create artificial hearts we can transplant pretty much any organ except the brain yes um and the the government the nih has funded research in order to actually build a brain so they've taken neurologists and they've taken engineers and that's where we're headed because if we don't know function how do we know i mean when you look at the brain it just looks like a blob yeah, you, you can't see structure and function combined. Right, 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 right. So, do you think they're they are building a brain, or they're trying? They're trying. We'll they're, see what happens. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, but that that is that's where the science is going. We have learned so much so quickly. Um, most of our stuff, actually, it's the genetic field has exploded, um, and it's allowed us to understand what is real and what what is genetic. For there have been um, neurologic conditions, something called dystonia. Um, that for up until 20 years ago was considered a, a psychological disease. Um, 
and it's not. It's actually a genetic disorder, uh-huh. and we know that now. And what what is dystonia? Dystonia is an abnormal posture. So these are when you have um, cervical dystonia. These are the guys that you'll see, and their heads are up like this, oh. and that's kind of the way that they sit because one of the muscles they're pulling. Some of the muscles are too, pulling too much, and then the brain is trying to make them center, but their head will sit like this. Mm. Um, it looks so painful. Yeah. Or, or really painful, curved over. I see that. Exactly. Yeah. It oh. is painful and it, it people oftentimes come and they're upset because they're in so much pain. And that's where, again, for a very long time, it was considered a psychological disorder. Yeah. Hmm. Well, you know, it certainly uh, the brain and and the emotions are interconnected. Yes. Brain health, emotional health. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate your time and I appreciate your wisdom and uh, and you know, fingers crossed that we cure dementia before I get any worse. <laughs> no, <I'm good. laughs> oh, of course. Thank you, Doctor Schaefer. Bye bye. Thank you so much. You bet. Bye bye. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.